You're listening to The Bob and Bo Show. Here are your hosts, Ty Bob, Ty Bo, and Sean. Welcome back to the show, everyone. I am Ty Bob, joined by Ty Bo and Sean. We're coming back to you after a week 10 of NFL games that you just, you had to watch. You had to watch. There were so many of them across the board. It was about time that we had a great slate of games going on. Uh, before we get too far into the week and the and the, uh, and the games that followed, let's get through a little bit of news. Starting off with our weekly OBJ news coming from Ari Mirov, uh, free agent wide receiver Odell Beckham Jr. was fully cleared this past week uh, per the reports from Jay Glazer. The teams wanted to bring him in for a visit this week even, but OBJ first wanted to take uh, take two weeks to get himself in football shape, and he could sign with teams shortly after Thanksgiving. There were even some more reports um, that he would be um, signing with teams roughly around Thanksgiving, possibly even before. It sounds like his final two teams are narrowed down to the Dallas Cowboys and the New York football giants, so keep your eyes out. For that one, the next one uh, that came from Ari Mirov, which is uh, a big, big news wide receiver Cooper Cup from the Rams has a high ankle sprain and will undergo surgery uh, tomorrow, which will be uh, Wednesday that you'll be hearing this. Um, he is going on the IR, so out for a minimum of four weeks. Uh, next from Ian Rappaport, Colts all pro linebacker. Shaq Leonard underwent a successful season-ending back surgery uh, after several elevations uh, through the injury chart. Uh, Shaq is on injured reserve, and the hope is that the procedure will fix his issues for good, so he'll be back and ready for next year. Next from Adam Schefter, uh, this was reported early on Monday morning, uh, P.J. Walker uh, has a high ankle sprain. Due to that, the Panthers' new head coach, Steve Wilkes, told reporters that Baker Mayfield will now be the starter on Sunday versus Baltimore. Uh, it's a team that he knows well, so we'll have to see uh, how that plays out coming back from injury and now being re- uh, replaced in the starting lineup. It's literally a quarterback uh, carousel there. Is it's a it's a coaching carousel and a quarterback carousel all in the same season. It's disgusting. Uh, we did get news earlier in the week that the Cardinals had released Eno Benjamin. Uh, wild wild news. He was their starter, or at least carried a larger portion of the snap count and carries uh, as James Connor and Daryl Williams um, were out with injuries. Now that both of them, well, at least James Conner is back, uh, coming from Adam Schefter, uh, that he has been uh, cut, but uh, he has now been picked up by the Houston Texans. He he was claimed off waivers, didn't even make it through there. Somebody was going to pick him up. Uh, We've also got I felt like that was a little cold by the – Yeah. By the Cardinals. A little bit of a head scratcher. Like I feel like something shady, like behind the scenes may have happened. Um, but I'm glad he got picked up. 
yeah, we'll, we'll wait to hear if anything, if any news comes out of that. Um, it's good that he got picked up because he's a very serviceable back. Um, very odd dealings down there in Arizona. Not sure quite what they're thinking. Uh, we do have news of another cut coming from Field Yates. The Packers have waived second-year wide receiver Amari Rodgers. Uh, he was involved quite a bit in last year's offense. Uh, this year he's been relegated to the bench for the most part. I don't think he was a very good player, but to see him see weapons that they clearly need get cut this late into the year is quite odd. There can only be one A. Rodgers in Green Bay. But this guy also had five fumbles this year. He's had a fumbling problem since he's been on their team. So there's a very clear reason why this guy got cut. <laughs> you know, Benjamin's a little bit different. Like, yeah. he's not. <laughs> sure. Um, and one final bit of piece of news for us coming from Adam Schefter. After the Packers decided that they were going to cut Amari Rodgers, they also decided that they were going to sign former Oklahoma wide receiver D.D. Westbrook to their practice squad. I would assume he gets elevated fairly quickly uh, as he learns the offensive playbook and gets out there. That is a that is a guy um, who has not had the best NFL career, um, but we do know that his ability and his speed is there from college. If he can get that playbook down, that could be a, a lethal weapon uh, for uh, Aaron Rodgers, um, D.D., played in Jacksonville. Uh, so given the talent that surrounded him there, it's no wonder uh, that he has not played that well through so far in his NFL career. Yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Now that we've gone through the news, let's kick this one over to Sean to recap his Just the Tips. Here we are. Decent week all around for uh, all the players. Not so decent for me and my sit-em. Charlotte was pretty good, though. Here we go with quarterbacks. Yet again, starting off, Justin Fields. What a fantastic week for him. Coming away with 39 fantasy points. If you haven't picked him up yet, or if he's still available in your league, look to get him. Look to start him. He is running a lot, and he is getting multiple touchdowns in games now. The other quarterback in this game was Jared Goff. Not as big of a game. 14 fantasy points. Not the best thing. If he was the last option, at least you got your 14. Last quarterback here, Dak Prescott against the Packers. Thought he was going to do a lot more against them, but he only got 18 for you. This is where the running backs went off. Finally, we had running backs have a great week for stardom. Josh Jacobs ended up with 21 fantasy points against the Colts. He did a pretty good job against them. Good call. Tony Pollard, 22 fantasy points against the Packers. Good call. Last one here, Jeff Wilson Jr. against the Browns. 22 fantasy points. I think the best call of the three, because I don't know if that one was as obvious, but good call. Hopefully you guys are out there listening to just the tips and going, ah, maybe I should pay attention here. He makes sense sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> Only sometimes. sometimes. And wide receivers here. Not as good for wide receivers this week. Uh, Brendan Ayuk, 12 points. He, he did drop here, a touchdown off a filthy route. Yeah. You guys seen that that video going around? Yeah. So yeah, he had he dropped a he dropped a good seven points there. 
So at minimum. Uh, Keenan Allen did not end up playing. It's hard to tell with him sometimes. I thought he was going to be playing again. Can't bad call. About him. Very bad call. <laughs> Rondale Moore, 18 points. He had the most 18. catches this year for for uh, his season and the most yardage. I believe he had nine catches and he had about 94 yards receiving. He did this with Colt McCoy. Is there a quarterback controversy in Arizona? <laughs> that that could possibly be the case although Colt McCoy did also get injured in that game and I believe they're going if if Kyler cannot make it back for this upcoming week they could be going with their third stringer who helped them win the game uh, on Sunday that is what you want from a backup quarterback if, or not from a backup quarterback who is their but... third stringer that's a good question we're, we're gonna find out but if you are a backup quarterback, that's what you want to do. You want to come in, play great for a little bit, prove that you're worth the money for a backup quarterback, and then get hurt before you start playing bad. Exactly uh, what you want there. Actually, I don't know who that was. Uh, they did not uh, put him – I guess he actually didn't come in and take any snaps. That's my bad. Um but Colt McCoy did get injured so uh, towards the end of the game. So it will it will either be Kyler if he is back from his injury or whoever their third stringer was. Tight ends here. Guy I wasn't so sure about last week ended up having a great week. TJ Hawkinson. Not as good of a week, but still 11 points. Looking pretty fantasy relevant in Minnesota. And one of the greatest tight end picks I've had all year, Cole Komet. 23 fantasy points. Some Bears players. I even put him as a flex. I started Kyle Pitts and Cole Komet. (laughs) I picked Cole Komet up at 11.30 before games. Started him in one of my leagues. Ended up giving me 23, or plus 23 points because it's a weird scoring system over there. But help me get the win by point seven five this week. Moving on to sit-ups here. We're going to start with the tight ends because these are the guys that did the absolute worst for me. Uh, Everybody else had a very good week. Tight end, Evan Ingram. Four points. Really was a non-factor in that game. He had a few catches here and there. Heard his name a few times, but really didn't do much. Greg Dulcich against Tennessee. Should have seen this coming. It's the Broncos, Russell Wilson. They can't do anything on offense. And the Titans played some pretty good defense. <sighs> Wide receivers here, man. Was that wrong about Chris Godwin? 19 points. Mad at you. Hey. <laughs> it's not the best decision, but who would have guessed it with Tom Brady going over to Germany? Me. I called the win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're going to skip on to the next guy here. Adam Thielen, the only other guy on the list who scored less than 10 points. He had nine. He was being shut out for most of the game, and he got a few catches towards the end of the game, really uh, bumped up his score there. But early on in the game, he had about two points, and I was looking really, really happy about seeing that. And came away and got nine for him. Michael Pittman Jr., pretty solid game for him. Granted, his new coach, uh, Jeff Saturday, was there. 12 points. Not terrible for him, but he's going to do better if Matt Ryan's back as the quarterback. Running backs here. Uh, Jamal Williams. Tybo, did you sit him or start him? 
Um, good question. I think I started. I think he was my other flex. Well, he got you 11 points. He was middle of the road. Right there. I won. This so didn't, yeah, all good. Uh, guy here who usually scores a lot of touchdowns. It may have been a big factor here that Kyler Murray was out. James Conner had 22 fantasy points. Pretty good game for him. Last running back here, Antonio Gibson. Split a lot of shares with Brian Robinson, but ended up making the most out of it with uh, 14 points. Here we go with the quarterbacks. Trevor Lawrence ended up getting 20 points. He had a lot of uh, passing yardage whenever he was down big, so there wasn't much he could do, or wasn't much else they could do besides pass the ball to try to get back into it. And ended up getting two touchdowns to Christian Kirk, which was good for him, I guess. Christian Kirk was wide open all game. Yeah. All game. That's something that went wrong. (laughs) What also went wrong, it was for the Chargers, and that was Justin Herbert. Came away with 11 points. See it? Not a good performance. Not this time. He was already set. The last guy, I was going on a limb here, you know. Wasn't for sure if he was going to play or not. Really hoping he was going to have a bad game, but Josh Allen. 22 points. Pretty good game. Usually for him, though, I would expect him to get a lot more than that, especially against the Vikings. But if you sat him, what are you doing? He was one of the first quarterbacks out the league. Why would you listen to me on that? Or, yeah. <laughs> then that was just the tips. Boy, rough, a good I, and a rough week for that. What? It was I, good whatever. because a lot of the players <laughs> that he told you to start played well. And if you, it was rough because a lot of the players that he told you to sit also played well. So it was good and it was rough. I've, I found out who the third string quarterback for Arizona is. Who's that? Trace McSorley. Oh, that's oh. right. That's right. Old McSorley. He's got a song, man. He, he, heard be, song. he could be starting in in, so. uh, in Arizona next week. Yeah. <laughs> he got it whenever he was in college. And it's one of the cheesiest, corniest songs I've ever heard. That's not good. It's hilarious, though. Give it a listen if you can on your own time. Uh, search Trace McSorley song. I don't know what else probably, to go on, but Probably that. a song you don't want to listen to if you want to save your ears. That's okay. Because we'll, we'll, we'll come at you with something that you do want to hear. And it's our power ranking recap from this last week. Our tight ends, the best tight ends in the league, ranked 1 through 10. Like we say every time, it's the best power ranking that you'll find. You can't find these anywhere else that are nearly as good. And we've got same same status quo here with our tight ends. I'll recap them real quick, and then Sean and Tybo will come back with any changes, if any, need to be made. We'll start off at number one was Travis Kelsey. Two, Dallas Goddard. Three was Mark Andrews. Four was TJ Hawkinson. Five was David Njoku. Six, we had George Kittle. Seven, Pat Fryermuth. Eight, Kyle Pitts. Nine was Zach Ertz. And rounding out our top 10 was Isaiah Likely. So there were a couple injuries on the list. Um, we're not counting Dallas Goddard's injury as against him as much as Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz is out for the season. 
at all. It's already decided. Uh, Dallas Goddard um, is going to be out for a little bit, but, you know, he has a chance to come back. But with that being said, Zach Ertz is out of the top 10. He is no longer number nine on our list. And that means we have a new number nine. He's going to go ahead and jump Isaiah Likely, and that player is Cole Komet. I believe, Ty, Bobby, you were saying earlier before the podcast, he has 23 receptions, and he's about 30 yards shy of 300 yards. 274 yards on 23 receptions. Pretty good numbers for him. He has three or four touchdowns this year so far. He's looking very good. And the Chicago Bears are finally figuring out how to use him along with Justin Fields. So look for him to keep rising. He is a very young tight end, and he is going to be a player to watch going forward. For sure, for sure. But that's the only changes that we got to make. And where where do you where do you see people not have to eat their words on on power rankings? I mean, usually they got something messed up somewhere. So we're They're just the best. Out. Oh, jinx! Yeah, usually usually there's too many. There's ups and downs. Where we were right, where we were wrong. I mean, the only ones that you're seeing change around here is if somebody gets injured. And that doesn't happen. You're the best, baby. <laughs> come come for me. Jake. Go. Jay Khaled. We the best. Uh, that will round out our top 10. There's not much change in there, just like you usually see, uh, which now brings us to our games of the week. We picked all barn burners, baby. All of them. Every single one of them. So let's kick this one over to Sean to recap his game of the week. Unfortunately, this was the worst game of the week out of the three picks, but it was still a tremendous game. Storylines galore. Uh, Jeff Saturday's first coaching game in the NFL against Josh McDaniels and the shitty job he's doing over there in Las Vegas. And boys, Saturdays are on Sunday now. All right, Saturdays no, are on Sunday now. Okay. No comment. <laughs> Explain. I, I'm Saturdays out of on, on Sundays one. now. Just Saturdays oh, on Sundays now. Oh, golly. damn, damn. Went way Missed over that. my head. Miss that one. Jesus. <laughs> Too smart for me. That was so, it was so bad that neither of us, neither of us got it. No, I've definitely stolen that from somebody else, too, so don't oh. give me credit for that. Oh. Anyways, uh, <laughs> first thing he did in his new regime as head coach, put Matt Ryan back in as starting quarterback. What? I called that. Did I not? I called that. Easily. If you're if you're an NFL organization listening to this, Tybo is the next hire. No college football coaching experience, no NFL coaching experience. He can I'm do what genius. Jeff Saturday did. Exactly. <laughs> that happens though, you also like Jeff Saturday will have to give away your fantasy football team. He's fine with that. Yeah. I mean I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be stressed about the winning the Hundred and fifty dollars that comes along with it, like I'm, <laughs> I'm cool. Actually, no, it's more than that. I I won one fifty last time because I had the low. I won it the year before they raised the buy-in. Anyways, Matt Ryan is back and he's running. He ran for thirty-nine yards in this game. Jeff Saturday was even talking about maybe we'll try some play-action running with uh, Matt Ryan and. They ended up using that. That led to a game-winning touchdown to Alec Pierce. The big news from this game, for me, though, anyways, was 
Jonathan Taylor looks like he's back. 147 yards rushing, and he broke off a 66-yard rushing touchdown. Great news for them. This is what they've been needing to do all year because he is a beast, and you need to feed him the ball. And finally, you bring in another guy that says, hey, feed this guy the ball. Biggest thing you can say about this, though, are the Raiders are a dumpster fire. Uh, One thing I have noticed, though, is Josh McDaniels absolutely destroys AFC West teams. Not playing against them, but for coaching them. This is the second one he's destroyed now. We love it. Great. The Raiders were 10 and 7 last year. Spent the second most amount of money in the offseason, and they're 2 and 7 right now. Beautiful. They had a better chance of playing better <laughs> under Rich Basicchia last year, the interim head coach. And and Q311's beautiful disaster in the background. <laughs> it was also beautiful to see Derek Carr break down after the game, just crying on the podium. Oh, uh, man. We're making fun of guys for crying now. We know well, it's an not emotional game. It's it, it's not for the fact. I hate Derek like, Carr. <laughs> I, I hate Derek Carr. I'm okay. I'm okay with this. It's not for the fact that like this game is tough and it's breaking down their bodies. It's the fact that Jeff Saturday is the reason why this man cried. <laughs> you bring in a high school, a three and seven high school coach, and nobody else the in the league has been terrible. able to make this guy cry on the podium, but. He breaks down and balls his eyes out because Jeff Saturday's on the other side. A high school hey, coach hey man. is doing that to you. Jeff Saturday was berated by Peyton Manning for years. <laughs> You're not calling plays you out there, you Jeff. I am. You don't think he knows how to dish something out. <laughs> we will. We will run the ball. Bro. Oh Did you guys see that in his interview or his press release when he first joined? He said bro and man continuously in that. Like me, yeah, he's bro. A, he's a guy's guy and a dude's dude. You know, he's a football he's a... guy. Don't hit me with those, you knows. <laughs> is it is it time for my game? Of the week? Yeah, it is time for your game of the week. All right. So last week I chose Lions Packers. The score was fifteen nine. The highlight uh, video bears this week was my game of the week. Fantastic game. We called it. It was a high-scoring affair. The highlight video was 12 minutes long, so there's four more minutes of film on the highlight video for this game. Um, And uh, I also called this win. The Lions came back in the fourth quarter. They scored 21 points in the fourth quarter, back and win. They win by one point, Um, so it's as close as you can get. And – it was, I mean, it was just a fun game to watch. The Bears figuring it out, and, you know, the Lions will compete. They, they've said that since the offseason. They feel like they can compete in this NFL, and, you know, their offense can. Their defense just isn't that great. Damn, Cairo Santos makes that uh, extra point. Could have tried the game for him. Sad. This is, Justin, uh, Justin Fields looks like a tremendous athlete back there. I don't know if you oh guys remember gosh. that, but – the uh, play to end the first half where he scored that touchdown, running left, came back right, avoided a tackle, ran back left, scored a touchdown. Not many guys in the NFL can do that. No, and this is, uh, I believe, Justin Fields just set like a, a benchmark. Uh, he's the first quarterback in the league to be able to run for, what is it, 125-plus yards, two games in a row. Um 
whether you want to call that a uh it's yeah kind of like Tybo said it's probably just a benchmark or a milestone more than it is a record um but no other quarterback has been able to do that ever so uh very impressive from the young man and and very impressive from the team uh, even though it's a loss they've got a lot of building blocks going into the next couple of years with him on a rookie contract i think both of these teams have have it fairly laid out for them. There are some specific moves that they need to make in the offseason. Good for next year. But I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the Bears or the Lions, you know, really have what it takes to compete, compete in the NFL. Like they're not going to be playoff teams. Um what we'll see, I mean, crazier things have happened, but They have some very obvious moves that they need to make in offseason. And if they make them, they can they would definitely be able to compete next year. There are gonna be some surprise teams next year, for sure. I would say so. Uh we'll move on to two uh very competitive teams that will most definitely make the playoffs. Uh my game of the week was Vikings Bills. And if you weren't watching this one, what were you doing now? Obviously you probably couldn't watch it unless you were watching red zone uh, or uh, it was after the chiefs game. It came on to send them into overtime. This game was riddled with everything. I mean, you've got Justin Jefferson, one handed catches, triple covered catching on the sideline, toe tap and walk, walking into the end zone, almost getting into the end zone, but as a yard short, Kirk cousins gets stopped at the goal line, no touchdown turnover fumbled by Josh Allen. Josh Allen throws like three picks all in crucial moments, including an in overtime to lose the game 33 to 30. Uh, Josh Allen, I thought played fantastic given the injury to his elbow, although you could clearly see that this is not the Josh Allen prior to the injury. He does, he is prone to turning the ball over. We saw early in his career, and then he had the resurgence over the last year, maybe two, where he wasn't turning the ball over as much. And now he's kind of falling back into those mistakes made on the field. Um, something that Bills fans had thought were completely gone. Something that most of the NFL fans thought that was going to be gone from his re repertoire. And it seems to be coming back with a little bit of a vengeance. He is now Oh, in four in his NFL career, regular season and postseason in overtime games. He cannot seem to win them when the game matters the most. He can't win the big ones, man. That's why he can't be the number one quarterback. I mean, we do see Patrick, Patrick has, Patrick Mahomes has turned the ball over in key moments a, a, a few times, but it seems that that is when Josh Allen turns the ball over the most. When the game gets the most tough, when it gets dire, he seems to be the one that coughs it up. And yeah, this team is riding him like a workhorse left and right. It seems that no matter what, the game is going to have to balance in his hands. And that's something that Sean McDermott and that, and whoever the OC is there now that Brian Dabble is gone, is going to have to figure that one out. Uh, Cause just as we've seen with Patrick Mahomes, you, you can't leave it all to your quarterback just to come up with wins. It, it it's just, the guy that take threw a, a fit in the booth, their, their offensive coordinator. Yeah. The Rosenthal or something. Yeah, I think it is Rosenthal. 
Yeah, you can't just you can't just leave it up to up to one guy. You can't you can't have him throw. I mean, we've seen it with Patrick Mahomes throw it nearly seventy times in a game. That you you can't do that anymore. You just can't. Teams are figuring you out. You got to get away for your main playmakers to make a little bit of space. Dorsey, it's a hell of a game. Ken Dorsey, sorry. Ken Dorsey. Can, can we just go back and talk about that Justin Jefferson catch? Fourth what? and eighteen. Why? Why did I think Rose? <laughs> Ken Rosenthal. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Sean. But that catch, though, one-handed. That catch, Defender's hands no. were on it. I don't think he would have caught that if the defender's hands weren't there on the ball as well. No, I, I agree. And to tell you what, man, Kirk Cousins is – he's looking good out there right now. I don't think I've ever seen Kirk Cousins play as good as he is this season. I am very, very surprised by that man. Kirk Thuggins. They're calling him on Twitter. <laughs> he didn't. He didn't get the chains after the game. He could have, but they just didn't put it on. Taylor Heineke no. got the chains after the game. Yeah, he did. Ta- Taylor Heineke did. Um, yeah, let's uh, let's get into a little bit of the highlights before we get into uh, how our pick'em did real quick. I mean, you've got the eight and O Eagles finally drop one, and it has to come to the commies and the Green Lizard leading the way there. How, I, how I was this close to pulling the trigger on picking Washington too. We I contemplated that so hard. Get the nine yeah, and here. and I quote from Tybo: How can you go against what Ty- Taylor Heineke and the Washington Commanders are doing over there? And then immediately turns around and picks the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> are the are the Commanders going to have a problem over here now that Wentz is going to be coming back? Are they going with Wentz or are they still? No, with there is no problem. They 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 know what decision needs to be made. There is no problem. There yeah. is no problem. Yeah, but it's the you commanders. Go, they always do something with, wrong. It's this isn't even close to like Kaepernick Alex Smith situation. Like <laughs> Heineke brings the energy it's for not. the team. The it's team wants not. to play behind Heineke. Wentz is not playing good. He's not he's proven that he has some issues at this stage in his career. Taylor Heineke is playing better. You play that man, you ride the hot hand. Everywhere he's, he's gone, been, it's arguably arguable that the backup quarterback has been better than him. ESPN has stated, or <laughs> they, they did speak with Ron Rivera today. He did say that he is unsure of who they're going to go with next week now that uh, Carson Wentz is going to be back Ron. healthy. I'm hoping this is just a you don't know who to plan for type of deal because Heineke does deserve. I mean, he's shown that at least when it's not somebody who is completely superior to him, that he deserves to be on that field. And there has not been anybody in Washington that has been superior to Taylor Heineke thus far in his career. Ryan Ryan Fitzpatrick would have been, but he got hurt, so. Um, let's talk about the Seahawks Bucks game really quick. That was in Germany. It's the first Germany or German game, uh, of, of the NFL, uh, uh, career of the NFL, I guess you could say, I don't know. Uh, since the organization's inception, there we go. Um, the Chiefs, Chiefs are probably going to be there next year. They have already put up a sign in Munich with Travis Kelsey, on uh, the signage and re- in red and gold uh, saying coming soon. 
the Chiefs were expected to have the first German game this year with the Bucs. Uh, Tom Brady and, and the Bucs did go and cry to the NFL to say, we don't want that. We want it to be a home game. So they gave him the Seahawks thinking it would be easier. Um, they still came out with a win, luckily. But why the hell are we sending a 45-year-old Tom Brady out on a route to catch a ball against potential rookie of the year, Tariq Woolen? It doesn't I, I like, I like Tom's confidence. He 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 was he was thinking Randy Moss uh, <laughs> out there. So I, I like the confidence, and they played on turf, right? That that wasn't real grass, right? That was real grass. Oh, That's was? real grass. Never yeah. mind. Tom's a bitch. It was a <laughs> I was typical t- typical Tom move that he pulled right there, trying to trip a guy too. He oh, I mean, just a, a dirty rat bastard. TTM. The big thing, though, I saw over there was the fans. Oh man, they're singing. No, they're just weird. They're... <laughs> they are. They're singing John Denver. They stayed. Nobody left their seats after the game was over. I think that song's hilarious. I don't get it. I heard it too much at Semo. <laughs> yeah. Um, Packers Cowboys. Cowboys should have maybe stuck with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Yeah, Dak is not looking too good at all. Seems like Dak has had a good game, potentially, and is just continuing to give it away. Um, the defense in in Dallas is underperforming for what they had been at the first part of the season. Seems like Mike McCarthy's easily going to be on his way out after the season. It should be. Um, and, for Sean and, Payton. Yeah. Do you, really? That'd, that'd be scary. More than likely, yeah. He's been linked there for a few years now. But you got Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are the type of quarterbacks that the type of guys that will their teams to wins at certain times. Like this, you gotta know that this is, this stuff's coming. Yeah, um, but I, I obviously didn't call the, the, the Packers Cowboys game correctly, but I mean Aaron Rodgers is that level of a quarterback, and you know, Christian Watson hasn't had a great year so far, but you know, damn it, three Three touchdowns in this game was pretty impressive. Um, so I'm not surprised that the Packers are and the Bucks are able to turn it around or have a little bounce back game here and there. So, I mean, the Cowboys had it fourth down. I forgot the yardage, but they could have could have kicked a field goal there. Didn't decide to go for it. Didn't get it, and that's mainly because Mike McCarthy was just a little too scared of Aaron Rodgers, knowing what he could do over there. And like you said earlier, Mike McCarthy. Is not a good coach. Not good. Not good. Um, he's lost. I mean, he's just lost his grip. He he was decent at, at a at a point in time, but he's not. Yeah, when he had prime Aaron Rodgers backing him up, that helps out a lot. It helps out a lot. Uh, any other highlights or lowlights from the weekends that you guys saw? Don't think I have any on my end. Oh, um, speaking of Blizzard a little bit earlier, what do we think about his little pussy-ass kneel-down play at the end of the game that got him <laughs> the little – the I mean, the, so the second – end of the that, game. The second defender that comes in, uh, he stopped himself as good as he could. He, he did not actually push Heineke over. That was a clear flop. When you go look at that shit, 
that was te- that was a clear flop. For for context, uh, the Washington Commies game on Monday Night Football at the end of the game uh, to seal it, Taylor Heineke, I believe it was on third down, uh, falls back six seven yards, uh, has nowhere to throw the ball, and he decides to kneel it. Now that is within the 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 rule book. You a player can give themselves up at any time. Now. When you look at both of the guys that did hit Taylor Heineke as he went to his knee, the first guy, um, and I can't remember either one of their names, but the first guy, so Taylor Heineke goes down to a knee. The first guy took three steps and then he hit Taylor Heineke. He had three full steps before he hit Taylor Heineke. As Taylor Heineke goes to his knee, the second guy is just running past the left tackle of the Washington commies. He has a full seven yards to pull up as he sees Taylor Heineke go to a knee. So whether we see it as neither of the guys hit him, they both have their arms extended. They're trying to brace themselves. They're doing just about everything they can to slow themselves down. There's a lot of people out there calling, well, not calling for anything because nothing can happen now, but like, or someone to admit that that was a bad call. I don't think that's a good call. There, I I don't realistically. I don't care how long you give a, a full grown NFL player time to decelerate. They did everything they could to slow themselves down, and they barely hit him. Their hands were braced. They were not weight was not like laid over top of Taylor Heineke at all. He was not driven into the ground. He flopped. Yeah, but I mean, you can only go with the ref, with what the refs say now, and they got him. You put, I, I would say this: you put Patrick Mahomes in that situation, you want the flag every time. You want the flag get, every. He time. doesn't get those calls, though. No, he does not. He gets his head Pat ripped off, and um, Pat is not the type of player to flop. No, no, no he's no. not. No, granted, this is an inferior team beating the only undefeated team left in. In the NFL, so I understand. Division rival. Yes, I I understand why someone would be motivated to do that, but pussy move, Taylor Heineke, you don't deserve those chains. You're a fraud. My only thing is, is I don't disagree with the call simply because of the amount of time that each defensive player had to either stop or throw their bodies out of the way. Again, three steps should be equivalent to about three or four yards for the size of these guys who are on the field. That's enough time to pull up. We've seen guys be able to pull up shorter, uh, as well as the second guy who came in. Like I said, he was seven yards away when Taylor Heineke was already on the ground before he hit him at seven yards. You are you have more than enough space to stop. That's the only reason why I can't argue with the call, but I do think it is very weak. You know, you know, uh, in case anybody doesn't know just find me, then don't Tybo. <laughs> you didn't Tybo, do it in this one. <laughs> you didn't do it in this one. Tybo did go off with the, you knows and got fined in the chief show. If you haven't listened to that yet, go back and listen to it. We'll jump into <laughs> the uh, final segment of the show uh, for our pick them. Uh, review of this past week and then don't forget we do need to pick our Thursday night game so just to recap a little bit here over the last three weeks going back to week eight um, 
it, it's been it's been pretty close, folks. You had a tie between Tybo and Sean at 68 wins. I pulled out at 62. And we go into week nine where Sean took sole leadership after being behind or tied with Tybo uh, through eight weeks. He was at 78 wins. There were 77 wins from Tybo, 71 from myself. So let's get into this week, week 10. There was yet again another tie. Are you kidding me? Let's start off with our winner of the week, Tybo. Yeah, oh. I knew it. The streak nine ends. Wins, I knew it. Nine wins, five losses. The streak for Sean, I believe it was 3-0, and oh, finally comes to an end. He gets nine wins, five losses. Um, and that brings myself and Sean into a tie. Only one game behind. Eight wins, Ooh. six Damn. losses. We have been very, very close. So what this does is Tybo and Sean are back on uh, par <laughs> over the total through 10 weeks. It is 86 wins, 62 losses with the two ties. Again, there has only been one tie in the league so far, but we did miss the very first game of the season for a pick em. Uh, and that puts me at 79 wins, 69 losses, nice, and two ties. So <laughs> I'm not far off. I'm not far off. Uh, we again, we had quite a few picks. I did uh, call out that I did get berated for my Steelers pick, who ended up beating the Saints. I uh, like to point that out. Uh, so screw you guys. No football. Oh. Says the, the guy in last the, place. The only reason the Steelers won was because DJ won's back. Well, expect them to win quite a few more games. I wouldn't. They're not gonna be playing the deal. Saints every week. <laughs> I wouldn't. Either. As long as they play the Saints, yeah, because that team is awful. Uh, well, folks, we do have uh, what could be a very good uh, Week 11 Thursday night game coming up. It's two teams uh, coming off uh, pretty big wins. Uh, one who this is this is going to be a momentum gatherer for them. We have got the Tennessee Titans who will head into Lambeau Field and take on the Green Bay Packers. The odds coming from a sports book that shall not be named have the Packers as three-point favorites at home. Uh, Sean, uh, or no, excuse me, Tybo, you won this last week. At what position would you like to go? I'm picking last. All right. I was picking last. I lost the uh, week before, um, or I was under Sean the week before, so that means I get to go first. Let's go. Sean gets to go second. I am going to pick the Tennessee Titans to win this game. Ooh. Is, Is the Titans in who now? I'm sorry. Titans and Packers. Packers are a three-point favorite at home. Mm. Uh, who we got? I like how the Packers are running a lot more, getting the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands. That seems to be working for him. So give me the Packers. I don't like agreeing with Sean, but I do think the Packers can and will win this game. It's definitely going to be an interesting game. Um, the Tennessee Titans have one of the better defenses in the league with a really piss poor offense, although Ryan Tannehill is back. Uh, that does help them out quite a bit. If That's why I said this, and it could be uh, a momentum builder for the Packers. If they can get two games together, you've got Christian Watson, um, getting into a rhythm, you're finally handing the ball. They're off not dead. They're, They're not dead. 
let's see let's see what the Packers can maybe end up with they're definitely not winning their division that's going to the Vikings uh, but possibly will not be ending the season outside of the playoffs if they can do anything with that um, that's you know what they gotta be- watch out for though right the entire NFC East <laughs> that man called that at the beginning of the year <laughs> I think I was joking I think I took it right back after I said it too. he did <laughs> he did uh, but it ended up not being wrong that's uh, surprisingly one Crazy. of the be- better divisions uh, the turnaround is is ridiculous um, there, there's another one the, the turnaround that's going on right now uh, with the loss by the Bills they were in first place at the beginning of Sunday after Sunday, with the loss, they jumped down to sixth. They went from first place in the AFC, first place in the NFC East, all the way down to third place in the NFC East and sixth place in the uh, AFC total. You look at and me like I'm crazy, they, Sean. Well, they lost the head-to-head with the Jets, Jets. and they have the no, same record. You just said you just said NFC East. Oh, I'm sorry, the AFC East. Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's where I was confused. You got me. You got me. Uh, Eastern divisions have a chance to send all four to the playoffs this year. Yeah, the, and that's what I was going to say. The Patriots are now um, uh, in the playoff hunt in the top. Uh, what is that? Seven now. Um, so yeah, they could go from being one of the worst divisions in NFL history for two decades to to sending all four of them to the playoffs, regardless of how good we think they are. You know, I'd be cool with playing the Jets in the playoffs. Yeah, give me Zach Wilson. <laughs> yeah. I'd be very happy with that. <laughs> Let's see Mac Jones in the playoffs, man. Like <laughs> Mac Jones and Bill Belichick make it to the AFC Championship game. Let's go. Well, folks, make sure to check us back out on Friday as we bring you a new power ranking, new games of the week. We are set up for another fantastic week in week 11 as we get closer and closer and closer to finding out who is going to be seated where and inevitably the playoffs like i said make sure to check us back out on friday wherever you get your podcasts on youtube make sure to check out our tiktok bob and bo show playoffs (laughs) and always remember go chiefs go chiefs (laughs) 